the real success stories told by the people who live them. We're going to have some guests on this show that everybody knows, and we're going to have guests on this show that nobody knows yet. One by one, Nick Heider is adding hits to the hit streak. Blessings, folks. It's your man, Nick Heider, back with another episode of the Hit Streak Podcast. And today, I can't tell you how pumped I am about my guest today, um, the social media sensation. You have so many titles, I won't go through all of them because we'll be here all day long. But I got uh, proud to call him a friend, um, an amazing person, Ivan Iskowitz in the house tonight, or today. Ivan, thanks for being here, baby. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. So let's learn a little bit about... Ivan, shall we? See. <laughs> so um, you were born and raised in South Florida. Yes, sir. Um, you had a 15-year, um, you have a 15-year background in in the production business, right? So let's sir. let's pause there and let's just talk. Well, no, we'll come back to that. We'll come back okay. to that. Okay. In the production business now, um, you are a, a successful um, agency owner. We, we, we work together with a lot of colleagues and, and customers and clients together yes, um, and have been for quite some time. Um, you were known as a team builder, mm. a culture builder. But most importantly, a proud father of two and a devoted husband to a wife, Savannah, of 14 years. 14. That's fantastic. She knew me when I was a baby. (laughs) A a 20-year-old baby. She actually hosted a surprise party for my 21st birthday. Dude. I love that. Dude. I love that. Well, how old are you now? Uh, 35. 35. 35. Man, he looks good, doesn't he? He looks real good. So, um, all right. Let's talk about that. Uh, let's talk about your your story, your background, all that kind of stuff. So you grew up in in South Florida, mm-hmm. um, obviously high school. What did you do after high school? Uh, so born and raised in the Miami area, we moved to Hollywood in the middle of eleventh grade, um, and then after high school, you're kind of stuck with like, well, what next, right? So. Um, I, this is going to sound super funny, but believe it or not, I had been cutting hair from middle school up all throughout high school. And as soon as I graduated high school, I was like, okay, great. I want to start cutting hair. And so, um, my sister, the year before, in, in 2003, she went to one of the technical schools local in Hollywood and uh, Sheridan Tech, and um, it was like a $3,200, $3,600 program to get her, you know, cosmetology license. And the following year, I was like, no, in, in the spirit of Ivan, and, and you'll learn that quickly, <laughs> everything has to be next level top. So I was like, you know what, we're not going to do Sheridan Tech we're going to do Paul Mitchell because Paul Mitchell, that's the energy. That's the vibe. That's where I need to go. I go to Paul Mitchell. They're like $9,400. And this is in 2004. My eyes almost exploded. I was like, no, I just want to learn how to cut hair. And they're like, yes, $9,400 for the course. And I was like, but my sister went to Sheridan Tech. They're like, listen, if you want to work at Supercuts and then go to Sheridan Tech, okay? But if you want to own your own salon, this is where you need to be. And it was at that moment, you, well, I'm going to show you. I'm just not going to go to school at all, okay? I'm going to keep on keeping on, okay? <laughs> and that was it. And so um, I just continued to go. Uh, I was working in nightclubs. I started out as a promoter. Uh, so I was that guy on the streets, on the sidewalks. And, you know, when you're crossing the train tracks, uh, handing out free drink tickets and and uh, flyers and promotional flyers and, and wristbands uh, to get into the nightclub. And then... Um, I got uh, quickly asked to start doing, you know, uh, you know, MC work or camera work, actually. So and and I was like, a buddy of mine was like, hey, one of my camera girls, you know, one of the the hot, you know, who's friends with the shot girl. So there's the hot shot girl, and then there's the good looking camera girl. This was back, early, you know, early two thousands, where there actual people would log onto a website to look at their party pics, right? Mm-hmm. So he was like, my girl canceled on me. Do you think you can help me out? And I was like. Um, I don't really have a camera, but uh, he was like, no, I have a Kodak Easy Share. It's simple. You put it on your wrist. You know, the people are, are drinking half the time. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just take the picture, give them the card so they come to the website. And that was literally the, the what jumpstart my passion and for photography. Um, well, as funny as that may sound, but I started doing nightclub photos. My buddy calls me up the next day. He's like, man, those photos were the best I've ever had. I'm like, 
their nightclub photos. But yeah. He's like, they were great, man. Do you mind doing it again on Saturday? And I was like, sure. Okay, no problem. So it turned from being a, a street promoter to the inside club photographer. And then I just fell in love with photography. In 2007, I went to the Art Institute of Fort Lauderdale and I did their uh, photography program, which ironically was uh, 21000 So oh. <laughs> what, what, what could have been a $9,400 project doing hair now is a couple years later, a $21,000 project doing photography. And, um, yeah, so I just I fell in love with the camera and bought a real camera after that and I did more nightclub stuff and then a buddy of mine who's huge into he owns his own social media agency. I, am I allowed to to drop name drop or anything like sure, that? Sure, man. Uh, a, a buddy of mine he, he went by Mike Dukes back then, but now it's Michael Conniff, uh, and uh, the social agency and uh, and uh, his girlfriend at the time was worked at Hooters. And so she wanted to be on the Hooters calendar. And he obviously, I, I didn't have real experience, but I he knew me as the camera guy from the nightclub. So he was like, you think you can take photos? And I was like, sure, no problem. So I did the photos of his girlfriend. And out of 1,300 girls in Florida, she was the only one to make it on the Hooters calendar. And that was a kind of a big deal. Yeah. Because that kind of like gave me the confidence to now say, I'm a photographer. That's right. Know? And so literally I started doing, you know, portraits and weddings and assisting and more nightclub stuff. And then finally, you know, studio work and ad campaigns and traveling and um, helping out as, a, you know, second cameras on uh, music videos. And uh, and then I just had a beautiful long career and um, I loved everything about it. Traveling, doing photography work, you know, obviously photographing beautiful people. is It's always a plus while making money. Um, I had a super, my wife's super supportive always since day one and um but what i quickly learned was that unless i had a camera in my hand or i was editing somebody else's work i wasn't making money so um late 2018 a good buddy of mine you know uh he's huge in the industry garrett uh laughlin and uh he he was my age mm -hmm. 30 years old 31 years old and 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 he was you know uh, not to you know and talk you know speak on anybody's finances but let's just say he was on a very <laughs> different income bracket mm -hmm. you know it's there's this income bracket and then there's about four or five levels higher and uh, I didn't understand how that was possible right because Ga I had known Garrett since you know uh, high school days and we were good friends and and uh, I was like man what are you doing health insurance and then um, another good buddy of mine Jamie brought me in and we interviewed and and talked and then started my uh, insurance career. That's and awesome. Yeah, man, it's um, it's it's a it's a unique opportunity to help people out with knowledge that's just not easily accessible. Yeah, and it's learned in most cases the hard way. <laughs> yeah, I, I can I can agree with you there. Right. Um, get, getting transitioning from production work into uh, a completely different field, uh, insurance work. Um, uh, you don't know what you don't know. That's one. And unless you have a, a big nest egg, I can say, uh, you know, when you're really trying to focus on building a brand, building a career uh, in a completely different agency and not a, allowing yourself the opportunity to just stray away and do one foot in, one foot out, 50-50, it, it, it can take a lot out of you, um, just energy-wise and financially. And um, I was in a really really uh tough spot right so when i got into healthcare financially i wasn't doing great and uh i was on the cusp of borderline losing my house yeah you know um and it's it's something that a lot of people don't know uh just because if you were to follow me on social media or just you know one of my personal friends well, they're going to after this. Yeah, awesome, <laughs> awesome, awesome. All you would know is, man, that guy's Ivan's crazy. Mm -hmm. He's living the dream. Everything I do, I do with passion and excitement. From you know, clowning my kids on social media on their breakfast choices to to literally pranking my wife to to dancing with my shirt off uh, to Brooks and Dunn. Okay, mm -hmm. and uh, for those of you who who aren't actually watching this, um, I don't have a six pack. Okay, so, <laughs> so that's uh, entertaining to watch but um but yeah so uh, and then one of one of my one of the members of leadership in in the insurance company that I was at uh he kind of relifted my spirit I was in a very dark spot where I just was kind of going through the motions and there's a moment where you're entertaining 
if the worst happens, you're okay with it. Yeah. Because you're kind of going through the motions and you kind of feel like there's no way out. You're just like, I've tried everything or, or maybe you didn't try everything and you're just like, because I didn't try everything, I'm not getting out of this. So you're just, uh, we'll see what happens next. And uh, one of the members of leadership saw one day, and I tell you, this was kind of like when I, the transitioning point for me, I really mean this, Nick. Um, I had first day on the job, sold a policy. It was a young girl, 18, 21 years old, $200 a month policy. Um, they had told me that the commission on it was going to be 400 bucks. I was super excited. And then I went five weeks blank. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you blank, I'm talking about zero, nothing, no sales, no commission, no nothing. And, um, at that point, I was kind of just going through the motions, walking around like a zombie. And my wife just didn't understand it. She was like, "You're, but you're away for so many hours a day. What's going on?" And I'm like, "I just feel dumb, my love. I feel like I can't handle it." And uh, well, it's she, a skill. It's, it's a, a skill set, right? Yeah. Right. But to 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 my wife, she didn't get that, right? Because yeah. everything prior, I'm I'm the guy who always just made things happen. So to her, she, it was more of a of a shock for her as well to kind of see me where I was, and then um. Uh, this is tough because my um my power was getting cut off my my electric bill two months had went with no um without paying the bill and i got the final notice yeah uh it was six hundred and thirty dollars that i owed for two months and that was to avoid it from getting cut off and uh one of the memberships um, one of the leaders in, uh, was Andrew and he kind of brought me into his office and, uh, Andrew Atchison and, uh, he kind of asked me like, yo, is everything okay? And, uh, and I was just, I kind of like just broke down and was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I already, my wife is going to take the kids to my mom's house because she's going to, you know, tell them a story that the, there's an electrical storm or maybe there's an outage and just to, just to show face to my kids, you know yeah. what I mean? Like. And so um, I just remember feeling at my absolute lowest. And um, he brought me in, brings out his business card, goes to FPL.com, pays the bill. And and I say, I can't pay you back, man. I, I'm, I don't know how to pay you back, dude. He's like, I need you to be here. And I'm like, but I am here. I'm here every day. He goes, no, Ivan, your body's here, but you're mentally checked out. Mm. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, like, he's like, I, I need you to be here, man. I just, I need this to be your wake up to allow yourself the next 30 days to just be here mentally, not just physically. Don't go through the motions. And I'm like, I get emotional thinking about it. Um, Cause Andrew was like a saving grace at that moment. And, um, when I tell you it was like a weight lifted off my shoulders and my spirits were lifted, this happened almost three years ago. And I, I, I got the same feeling like it happened yesterday when I think about it. You know, um, so we connect, we have similar paths on multiple levels in, with the background in the clubs. I, my first job in the club <laughs> business was the guy still on the corner of second and Broadway, <laughs> handing out free, free drink passes. Company, you know, there it is. Um, and I had nothing when I had lost everything, everything. Um, when I met a guy named Andy, who was a leader, um, and was able to basically take me under his wing, and he saw potential and and unlocked some things in my and and within me to do the to do those very same things. But like those little things that meant so much to you. It's, I think, so now you're on the other side, right? Now you've yeah. been able to do that for give back, yeah, do have. that for other people. I have. But like, if you haven't received it and even when you do it, you don't understand how big of an impact that it makes. And, and, and more importantly, you didn't quit. You yeah. could have quit. Yeah. You could have let him pay that bill and never came back. that's right you could have done and a lot of people do that but like so let's talk about because you obviously had to have support from home to Mm -hmm. stay i mean not many spouses will let somebody figure something out for two months yeah no with no nest egg with no nest egg, right (laughs) so but let's talk about um the mind the mindset and the paradigm shift 
that you went through with that because that's what this is all about. Like the moment, uh, well, let me tell you a quick little story. So in 2015, I read a book, Think and Grow Rich. Uh-huh. Great book. And then there's a like a an audio book um, that um, that's called The Strangest Secret. Okay, that is kind of like a like a, a chapter two to that book almost. It's like a follow up, right? Um, some people say it's the prerequisite. I read it after, so that's why I say, right? Yeah. Um, but in that 45 minute audio book, um, the author Earl challenges you to do a 30 day exercise where you write 10 things on an index card that you can do every single day for 30 days. And if you don't do those, you have to rip up and start over. Right. So here I am for in four years, my business partners and I owned multiple nightclubs and restaurants. We were able to generate lots of revenue. I didn't know how to manage money at the time. So, and that was before I'd lost everything on a big gamble um, in real estate. But like, when, when I read in 2015, all this is in the past. I prof- played professional sports. When we ripped up our like 16th card, I looked at her and I was like, yo, we're the problem. <laughs> we're the problem. And everything that we have today stems from that moment forward. Because we were able to not just maintain it, but actually scale it, grow it, mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff. It taught me a different way to think and believe. And it taught me to look in and not out for when, when, when there were to be lessons learned. Um, if something went wrong, I learned to do this instead of this, which is hard in itself too. So talk to me about your journey in that. Oof. Uh, well, having the support, like you said, uh, from my partner at home, uh, what meant the world. Um, cause again, she, she knew, she saw the vision, she saw the opportunity. Um, she knew that this, this had a proven system, but because mentally I had been checked out, I, I couldn't see. And because she saw what it was, she always knew what was inside of me. She didn't give up on me, mm-hmm. right? So my wife would, when I'd be down and out, she would pump me back up. When I would be crying, she'd be wiping my tears. And, and she'd be doing stuff for me that I didn't really, um, I've never experienced from her. Mind you, I've been married 14 years. I've been with my wife 14 years. And... Uh, I can tell you that she's been a great wife. She's been a great uh, homemaker, an incredible mother, and a beautiful spouse. But I've always been in a position where I've never needed that type of uh, validation or uh, support or uh, mental reassurance at home. I've always kind of been like the risk taker. I've always been the guy to just make it happen. And so... um, that to me was, I didn't know that that was in my wife because I had never received it because it was never needed. Right. And so in that moment, by her doing that for me, I can tell you this, in 14 years, the last two and a half, three years have been the absolute best years of my marriage. Uh, and I mean that because it's when when someone you know and love uh, watches you go through a heartache, one of two things happens. We know what it is, mm-hmm. right? She it's she either packs up shop or that person packs up shop and says it's too much to handle. I can't go on, or they are they become your biggest supporter, your biggest cheerleader, your biggest uh, uh, rock to lean up against, and um, that's what my wife did for me, and with with what Andrew did for me by uh, giving me time because now. Mind you, I, I had already, the, the mortgage wasn't paid, so it was just a matter of time before the house gets taken. Now the cars were getting taken uh, taken away. I, that's what it is. And now the it, the, 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 um, the electric was going to get taken away. So I'm like down the rabbit hole, and then nobody knew, right? Uh, I'm in the parking lot midday, and I'm, I'm asking people, hey, man, I'm short 50 cents. I got to go. I want to buy some candy. But in reality, I'm asking 20 people for 50 cents. And in the car, I'm going to, uh, I'm ordering off the dollar menu so that way I can eat lunch, right? And a lot of just people just didn't know what was going on. And I'd walk in with a smile and be like, you know how us fat boys do, baby? You know what I mean? Like, I got anybody want a cheeseburger? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'd make it into something comical, right? Because that's just what we do um when when you're going through a hard time just you know through humor and so uh her being having her as a support system really um just helped me in areas that I didn't know I needed help and then Andrew re uh he bought me time and he gave me perspective of what a different possibility because again I had known it I had known him for years too but I didn't know him in that capacity 
right? It's one thing when you shake hands with people, you have a good conversation, you laugh, you joke, but to, out of the kindness of your heart, drop some serious coin mm -hmm. because somebody's about to have their power taken off. That's a different level, right? And so, um, it's leadership. It's leadership. Yeah. It's 100% leadership. And, uh, you know. you know, somebody might have done that for him. Maybe I, I'm, I love one of my favorite quotes from Simon Sinek is before you can lead, you have to learn to follow, mm -hmm. you know, and you can even trace that back to the Bible. The people that were going out to lead and lead the word, they were followers first, right? You know what I mean? So you have to learn to lead before you can follow. But um, speaking of 29 cent cheeseburgers, when we were, <laughs> we were in uh, Cincy to catch the Reds Dodgers game about a month ago. And uh, on the way back, we drove through Florence, Kentucky, which was a minor league baseball park that nice. was my home field for a while. And I hadn't been back there since my last game back in 2006 there. And um, so I was driving, showing my wife and kid around because they don't know that they never saw me play. Um, they never saw that part of my life. And um, I showed I showed my son, I was like, so this is the McDonald's that when I found change in the glove box or the car that I was able to go get food because I told him I was like, and this is a true story. I had a, um, a jar of peanut butter. That's all I had to eat for a week with a spoon, like a big old, the crunchy kind. You know? <laughs> and that was all that I had was the family size. That was it because in spring training, you weren't paid. Yeah. You weren't paid. Didn't have a, like, so every, everything, a, a friend of mine, um, who was a pitching coach on a previous team had a house there and they let me stay there with them. Like I literally had nothing except for the car I drove and, um, he lived right close to the field. So I didn't have to burn gas. But literally, I had a jar of peanut butter, and I was too proud because he'd be like, Hider, are you eating peanut butter? And I'd be like, yes, sir. And he'd be like, come get a cheat, come get a burger, man, we're cooking. I'm like, and I, did, I wouldn't do it. Right. Because, but of course, I would call my dad and be like, help me. Yeah. Help me. Pop, pop. Yeah. Um, I'd call the parents. But um, the um, one, I appreciate so much what I have because of that. There wouldn't be good without uh, evil. There wouldn't be light without dark. You have mm -hmm. to have the counterpart, right? Yeah, um, yeah. To appreciate it but dude that's um that's a that's an incredible story and that's the story most that's uh, that's the american dream if if you want something enough and you're willing to do whatever it takes to get it you can have it yeah i strongly believe that uh two two figures that i didn't realize were such a huge impact in my life because i just thought that um you know again when you're when you're young you just see it as in like oh that they, they just they just pay the bills. You don't know. So it was my, obviously my first um, role model leader without me knowing that that's what she was, was my grandmother. My grandmother was, was when I tell you the family supporter, <laughs> I mean, man, she paid everybody's bills from my dad to my mom, to other found to her bills. She worked 18 hour days and uh you know she down in miami she was big into you know a very spiritual woman she did tarot card reading uh you know just uh, all that kind of stuff i and i know it sounds silly to hear right because i'm saying it and, and the first thing people think of like miss cleo oh yeah but that that it wasn't a miss cleo moment right <laughs> so you know my grandmother did spiritual reading she did tarot cards she did house cleansing of bad spirits and as a kid i'm just like that's just what she does i don't know but you know she'd be at 6 a.m in, in a in a shack on property right in my grandmother's house from 6 a.m till 12 one o'clock in the morning yeah and i would stay on during the summer because we you know we stayed with my grandparents during the summer all day on the driveway talking and i'd put on a show for all of her <laughs> all of the all of the women who would come and all the men who would come and see my grandmother and, and wait on the driveway sitting down in chairs and uh my grandmother paid for everybody's way and i just Think I, when you're a kid, you don't realize what that means. Mm -hmm. As an adult, I see, man, this is a woman in her 70s working 16-hour mm. days, paying the tab everywhere she went. She was a supporter, a lover, a, 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 a just an incredible woman. A leader. A leader. Mm -hmm. Le nobody did anything without asking grandma. It was like, let's, all right, let's see what your grandmother has to say. You know what I mean? That was her. And the second role model in my life was my stepfather. My stepfather came into a situation, um, and even though him and my mother aren't together today, I still look at him as an incredible role model because the one thing you find out as you get older and you're married with your own children is what happens behind closed doors between a husband and wife has nothing to do with the children. Mm-hmm. 
he always showed us love and respect. So for that reason alone, I can never hate that man. And he didn't have to. And, and, and he didn't have to, right? So my father came from Cuba in 1981 when Fidel Castro opened up in Mariel and allowed everybody, criminals, uh, uh, you know, the, the mental institutions, people leave Cuba. If you want to leave, now's the time. So he came in 1981 in the Mariel in mm -hmm. Cuba. And, uh, and he met my mom in the 90s and uh, we lived at that time my mom was a single mom three kids my older sister and my my other my two older sisters and me in an in an efficiency in south beach my mom lived in the square cutaway on a twin size bed in the entrance of the apartment where the living room goes walks into the kitchen and then we were in wow. the, the we were in the one bedroom portion which is not really a one bedroom but it's a dividing wall half wall uh, on a queen size bed me and my my younger older sister and then my older sister on the sofa bed and uh he walked into that situation like a stud and just literally embraced us as his children mm. and and this is to me like again i as an adult i look back i'm like that's crazy because if if i had to walk into i don't know if i could take on with three older children yeah. who are already stuck in their ways and run the risk of respectful disrespectful i don't know the father being crazy you know what i mean pull up at the wrong time and so but this man you know he did construction and he would be at work 4 30 a.m 5 a.m on south beach doing construction till four or five o'clock in the afternoon and if there was a big job he'd go to sleep in midday wake up at 11 p.m to be at work by 1 a.m and then work till noon the next day and that was what i saw growing up as what it took to support a family and then he convinced my mom right who who my uncle in new york uh, or new jersey rather had sent my mom 600 bucks to buy <laughs> to buy him a ticket to 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 uh, or to put a deposit on an apartment because he was moving down to miami so he convinced my mom to take my uncle 600 bucks and they started their business oh wow a construction business and my mom was like my brother's kind of crazy so this has to work <laughs> you gotta pay him back and great thankfully they did because they created their their construction business together and what 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 went from making 600 to a thousand bucks a week which again which was great money in the 90s we had an apartment and uh turned into a, a three hundred thousand dollar a year business mm. you know profit right and uh, to, to, to me, I look at that and I'm like, man, this is a man that when I met him as a child, couldn't pronounce shoes. He said, Ivan, eh, can you please do me a favor and passing me the shoes? And, and I would, my sisters and I would clown him. We're like, what do you want us to chew, Bernard? <laughs> the shoes. You, you said chew? Ivan, the shoes right there, please passing me the. Now, twenty years later, he thinks he's an American biker. He's yeah. got a Harley and he's got a ponytail. He rides bike. Hey, Ivan, what's going on? How are you? And I'm like, who is this man? Yeah. You know what I mean? But, but again, I saw those two role models growing up, and they are what fueled me to work nightclubs four days a week until four or five o'clock in the morning, and then work a daytime job from eight a.m. to five thirty p.m. And then on the weekends, do photography work. Weddings, second assistant, second camera, and just literally put on a show for people throughout the week because I knew that's what hard work looked like if you wanted to support your family. So that's yeah. why my wife really didn't understand it because yeah. for the first 10 years of our relationship, all she knew was like a guy who was on the go. I got... If I got 45 minutes of sleep, it was the same as if I got four, six, or eight hours of sleep. I was just rocking and rolling, you know? So that's... Uh, well, the, um, that's, that's really important, folks, to, to keep in mind. I tell a lot of my friends that have kids, I'm like, you're writing a story that you don't even realize you're writing and somebody's reading it. It's those children that are watching everything you do. They're, they're, they're reading the story you're writing mm -hmm. every single day. And um, children change people. They changed me. They changed my wife. They change people for the better. Same. They should for the better. Um, they're the greatest gift on this planet. <laughs> I agree. Period. And um, and it just and when you like so my son's twelve. My daughter's six months old. Right. So we had eleven and a half years of that was the new normal. And then she got here, and we can't even remember what it's like before she got here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it just it's crazy. All right. So. First of all, thank you for sharing all that. That's an unbelievable story. Um, there is, um, I've got some questions for you here, okay. but I do want to bring you back at some point in time to talk about 
marketing and promoting that you mm. learned in the nightclub business? Because in my opinion, from brick from a brick and mortar retail standpoint, I think they're the best at it because it's man, it's just it's it's highly competitive market, especially in South Florida. Much like it is uh, here in Nashville, mm-hmm. it was extremely competitive, and um, it was feast or famine. I guess uh, I guess you could say. But anyways, all right. So, um, first of all, let's talk about um, let's talk about we're going to talk about your social media before we're done. But talk to me about that you I know office culture culture team team culture mm-hmm. that means a lot to you big time all right so let's like tell me tell us a little bit about that what is what what does culture mean to you and and why is it important in in things that you do so if you were to ask my wife and uh she you, she would say Ivan will consider borderline poverty and being homeless over over sacrificing culture and 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 building that kind of environment um i've never been the guy to not want to be at work let's just say that bad culture leads to poverty and <laughs> right, homelessness right so correct. that's exactly right correct correct right so i i find that uh, work doesn't have to be a place that you dread when i hear other people say oh monday back at it am i right i'm like no I'm like, well, first of all, it didn't end for me. I don't know what back at Monday means. I guess the new for the first day of the new week, but because uh, I work Saturday and Sunday too, you know. But uh, to me, I love an environment where people have that confidence uh, and that faith in one another that you're going to do what it takes to see them thrive and survive. You know what I mean? And even if it meant sacrificing your own uh, survival in a sense, right? Right. Of course, I want to, I want to go to a place where if it's your birthday, everybody in the office knows it. And we're going to celebrate your day, your life. You know what I mean? Like, cause, cause why not? We're not Google. We don't have 5,000 employees on campus. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? In an office of 40, 50, 60 agents, I don't think it's much too much to ask for to to out of my own pocket pick up a fifteen twenty dollar cake and have your whole entire team celebrate someone's birthday and just share with that individual man how grateful we are for you to be here, you know. Mm, what I mean? God, yes, sir. Because <laughs> they don't right. So um, especially in a ten ninety nine commission only job. Um, people have the opportunity to do essentially whatever they want. Now, granted, you know, I can't go and be a doctor if I wanted to tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. But I can certainly go pick up a position that could provide me with a conservative annual salary. And I work nine to five and that just be my lifestyle. And um, that's it. I'm another check-in, check-out employee. And there's supervisors and there's other managers and then there's code of conduct and yada, yada, yada. But to truly be a part of a place that that loves you and appreciates you and acknowledges you and hears you, right? That's where culture, that's how culture is created. Mm-hmm. Um, themes, you know what I mean? Like it's so easy to wear a shirt and tie or a polo and slacks every single day and Mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that either right but on special occasions on holidays on push weeks on on uh certain uh, times of the year open enrollment you know i mean like having themed dress up days and having everybody participate in what you're trying to accomplish is hysterical you know i mean like we have so many photos and videos in office of just doing random ridiculous amazing things that it brings a smile to your face and everyone you know as well um and i'm not talking about wear your hawaiian shirt today to uh, wear your hawaiian shirt to work day everybody no it's i want to see you in hula scoop and hula in hula uh skirts okay and yeah. you know what bill from accounting i want to see you with a coconut bra okay that's right <laughs> that's, that's right. what i want okay we call uh, those uh, water cooler moments. It's when everybody gathers around when they're not working at break or whatever. That's what they the things that they talk about. And yeah. like in the we call them OSMs in the nightclub business um, or OCMs, oh crap moments. Uh, <laughs> like, but like that was what we used to challenge our staff in the nightclub business to do was create those because I want to be remembered. Like mm-hmm. if you're remembered on Monday, they'll come back. Mm-hmm. They're going to tell somebody and they're going to come back to see what you're going to do next. Absolutely. Um, and, and that gives people something to look forward to. Um, a lot of folks struggle with, uh, with their own identities and their beliefs in themselves. I know I struggle with that big time when I first got into 
when I first started my insurance agency, um, I looked around and um, I, actually I looked in the mirror one day and I thought I'm dressed the exact same way as I was as a professional athlete. So if I'm, <laughs> if I see the same person, how is anybody else going to see me any different? And I had to, I'd, I had to recreate who I was, who I was going to be because, um, Oh gosh, I saw a thing with Tom Brady yesterday, um, a clip where he was talking about not getting drafted in the sixth round and everything else. And he was like, God, I thought, I thought I was going to have to like go sell insurance or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) It was funny. That's a tear moment right now. I know, Brady, no. But God, you know, not, but you know, and the insurance industry has created more millionaires than any other industry on the planet. That being said, but, um, I, you know, obviously I say this when, um, when we're interviewing people to become new team members here at Team Hydra all the time, I'm like, First of all, there may be one kid on the planet that on fourth grade career day, they stand up and they're like, what are you going to be when you grow up? And it'd probably be my kid that's <laughs> on the screen behind me most of the time. But he would be like, he would, only my kid would stand up and be, when I grow up, I'm going to be in health insurance. Not many people right. say that. The reason I'm in health insurance, the reason I love health insurance so much is because, one, my, my wife and I knew who we wanted to be and we knew what, our, what we wanted to bring sure. to, the, to the community. And it just so happens that... Um, an amazing man created an amazing outlet where we were able to do that. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And it just so happened that it was insurance um, that, that allowed us to do that. So like, cause like not one time in my life did I ever think maybe I should turn to that. Honestly, I went to, I got referred to the interview um, about starting it. And I had interviewed with, uh, I'd interviewed with some of the bigger players, state farm and all those things. And, and quite frankly, um, the outlet that, that I was able to take advantage of that you were able to take advantage of is, is one of a kind and absolutely amazing. Uh-huh. And, but it, again, it, it wasn't done for me I, as, as we've been told, we were given a hand up, not a hand out. Uh-huh. Right. Just like your leaders did for you when you yeah. didn't have power, it was a hand up, not a hand out. Right. And, um, it gave us, it was just, I was just looking for the outlet or the opportunity to become who I believed I could be. Right. Oh, I got one. Oof. That was a good one. I, I was like, where's, where's yours at? I, was, I, was, I, was, <laughs> I need one over here. Like, there you go. <laughs> I mean, but business owners, man, listen up. Listen up. This is some good stuff here, dude. It's hard. It's yeah. hard. If it was easy, everybody would do it. So can, you said something earlier, and I, I hate to interrupt you. I apologize. No, go. That. But I, I thought it was, I think it is the Lord's way of reminding me to, to speak up because when you hear something twice in a day, it's kind of like, okay, now I need to start paying attention. So um, I'm not sure if you're a part of networking groups. I, I got to imagine you are. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a part of a group called B&I, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they are world-renowned. They're, they're an amazing networking group. And today, part of my B&I group, and I, and I actually, uh, I tell you, I want to be specific. What was the name of the author that you said? Cynic, is it? Uh, Simon Sinek, lead before you follow. Right, so Simon Sinek. Or follow before you lead. Right, so Simon Sinek and uh, one of the lawyers from my group, his name is Jesse O'Hara, he shared with me something that he picked up from Simon Sinek. And mind you, I had never heard this name before, so when you said it, I got goosebumps because I was like... Simon's awesome. You should check him out. His IG is... uh, Fantastic. Now I'm going to now because this is a sign. So he shared with me this diagram. Okay, mm-hmm. it's called uh, it's a three circles like a bullseye almost for those of you listening. Um, in the middle circle it says why, and the and the and then the circle after that is how, and then the outer circle is is what. Mm-hmm. Um, he, and he and bas- essentially the gist was what he was trying to share was a lot of times when people share why they do what they do or who they are and what they do for a living, they always start with the outer part. What are you? Well, what do you do? Well, I'm I'm a health insurance guy. Okay, and then uh, I help people get insurance, uh, so that way they can uh, save some money. And then you, you imagine if, and he gave the example. Imagine if Apple, right? Yeah. Put, put out a commercial. Well, I, I sell computers and phones um, on the internet or at a store. So that way you guys can have a good time. Like started from the outside in, yeah. but in reality, Apple's like. We create innovative pieces of technology to enhance your experience. And essentially, and then it goes from the inside, why it is what they do, then to the last part, which is the what. And he goes, consider that the next time somebody says, well, what do you do? And I really, I really took that uh, uh, for face value. And I was like, I've, I've, I've been asked a million times, well, Ivan, what do you do for a living? Oh, I sell health insurance. Oh, really? What kind? Oh, you know, 
just anything to kind of like, uh, you know, this person, that person. And, and not that I don't build a rapport with people because I have the, I have the, uh, the capability of being able, um, of being able to build rapport with people. But I have found the more passionate you are about something or when you care about something to a higher capacity, it's when you engage, you really engage with that person. So moving forward, the next time somebody says, Ivan, what do you do? I'm like, I help my community out. Okay. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I help my community out find the best possible solution to meet their needs. Yeah. How do you do that? By selling healthcare. That's right, baby. You know what I mean? That's and, right. And, and so when you said that, I got goosebumps because I had that was the first time I heard that name. And then second time today. And I was like, I got to share this with you. And I'm sorry for you know taking off two minutes of, of the time here to share that. But I thought you would appreciate that. Absolutely. So. <laughs> Another thing that he said that Simon says that I love, I, show, I share it to a lot of our, um, our, our agents, is um, he said he's talking about um, skiers, how, and I've, I'm not a skier. I want to be, okay. not yet, not yet. <laughs> but, uh, um, but skiers, he was like, do you think skiers focus on the trees or the path? Oh. Right. And he was like, that's a great analogy for, um, the, the average person, because most people focus on the problem, not the solution. And if you look for the trees, that's what you'll find. But if you look for the path, that's what you find when you're skiing. Right. Oh. So, um, as a, as a skier, if you look for trees, you find a tree. Um, if you look for path, you find path. If you look for problems, you'll find them. If you mm-hmm. look for opportunity or solutions, that's what you'll find. And you can, I'm a big, uh, my wife and I are, 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 are believers. And, and one of our, like, there's so many hymns that you hear in church on every Sunday where they're talking about count your blessings, count your blessings, count your blessings. But how many times do we do that? You know, I mean, you can go look at Yelp reviews and see that people only speak up when there's a problem. Only. <laughs> right. And, and it's hardly the good reviews are, like, so I'm, we're raising our kids to, to try to have that balance. All right. So if you're going to be, be hard on yourself, absolutely challenge yourself to be better. But if that's all you get, like I, I, I tell him, my son all the time, I'm like, you do need to kind of be your biggest fan at the same time. Right. Because if you don't believe in you, nobody else will. Yes. Right. And, so. And that's what I'm trying to do right now for, for my kids. Um, I'm trying to, um, I know it sounds very cheesy and cliche, but I'm creating that right now for my family, right? So um, as much as the older version of me is like, you have to put in the work, you have to put in the 80 plus hours a week. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm no always, problem. You have to You have to just dedicate your time to your craft and, and build your empire and go, 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 go. Don't let anything get in the way. I also, am, I also strongly believe in that, that you also have to be a presence, and you have to not only just believe in yourself, but you have to allow the people around you to believe in you as well through your actions. And I can tell you I'm there for you at any time you need me, Nick, right? Mm-hmm. But unless I show up for you, am I really there? Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> so, so for my daughter, who's 13, transitioning into high school, I want to be that male figure in her life where she's not seeking the attention of, of other men um, be, because she doesn't have her father at home showing it to her. I don't need my son uh, getting into trouble because Poppy's not home to to be able to explain right for wrong. And, and I don't want my wife out there uh, entertaining the idea of, of other men either right. because I'm not doing my part. Now, again, that may seem shallow or selfish, but it's not. It, it's, it's understanding that out of sight, out of mind happens mm-hmm. far too often. And by creating a balance of putting in the work and time in your career, but also being a figure for your family and, and, and community to rely on and know and trust that is equally hard and a, a, a space to put the time and work into, you know? So a lot of the, the, the purpose of this show is, like I was telling you earlier, we're going to have a lot of people on here that that everybody already knows, and we're going to have a lot of people that people don't know <laughs> yet, right? Hola. But, no, no, no. Based on the uh, based on some views on some videos, I'm going to say a lot more people know you. <laughs> I feel like Oprah right now. That's okay? right. Okay? Well, you get a view. You get a view. A lot of views happening right now. 
Well, let's talk. Let's let's tell everybody because I got to have you back. First of all, I got to bring you back. Um, I got to bring you back. We're going to talk about marketing, promotion, what we learned in the nightclub business. More on what we're talking about right now because I know, um, I know, I know we've got to get this uh, this thing wrapped here in a minute, and we're at a really good place to do that. However, however. Um, and I can tell you're a very goal-driven person. So you're doing stuff on social media. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, let's first of all, let's tell people where they can find you. So your, your IG, your Instagram, and your Facebook are both of them. Mm-hmm. Both of them are uh, Ivan Iskowitz, right? Your name? Just Ivan Iskowitz. I, I only have Facebook and I only have um, Instagram. I do have a TikTok where I spy on my daughter to make sure everything is is uh, kosher and, yeah. and uh, appropriate. But it's not for actual personal use. Uh, my Instagram, IG, at Ivan Itzkowitz, first and last name. And then my you can find me on Facebook, Ivan Itzkowitz as well. Awesome. You got a uh, email address is Ivan Ivan It's Health at Gmail dot com. Yes, sir. And um, and um, if anybody wants your phone number, they can find you and ask you. Right? They yes, can sir. find you and ask you. Absolutely. So, because um, I'm not going to answer to your wife when she finds out I gave out your phone <laughs> number today. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about. So, what are you, what are you doing with your social media? I mean, dude, it's taken off. It's freaking awesome. That was how I actually got to know you first. Yes. Is is from those because um, you were down in South Florida, and and quite frankly, um, I'm a big culture person too. I, I want to have great culture at home. I want to have culture at the office. I want to have culture in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, what I saw on Facebook at the time, I was like, that guy knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> that guy knows what I'm talking I'm pretty sure it was a flash dent. <laughs> right? So, so, all right, talk to him about that. Tell, let them know what they're going to find when they go find you. So, so, so f- let me, d- let me just create a quick disclaimer first. Okay. Please do not judge my professional career based on my social media postings. <laughs> I, when I say I genuinely love social media as, as one, as a tool, obviously, but, but also as a source of just, uh, being able to creatively put things out there that make me personally happy uh, know that it comes from a place of like we're all different people we're all having fun but i aside from just using it as a business tool i i genuinely love to have fun with it with that being said that's my mini disclosure um i will do i have a video right now that's currently going viral it's almost at four hundred thousand views wow <laughs> yeah uh and um it, essentially it's the the, uh, the Neon Moon song by Brooks and Dunn. And, it was uh, like you knew we were coming to Nashville. <laughs> it was, it was, I was getting ready for my Nashville trip. And on Friday morning, last Friday, literally, uh, it's not even a full week. It's it literally, I'd say, what's Friday to now? You know, four or five days or something. And uh, I put it out there, have a good day. That's literally my caption, have a good day. And uh, it's almost at 400,000 views. And um, my wife, the week, let me give you a little bit of background story. So my wife for like two weeks was sending me videos of like just handsome cowboys with six packs and clearly they were rubbed, they had rubbed baby oil on their on their chest because there's no way a man can just glisten like that in the sunlight without baby oil. Okay, I'm still thinking about it now. I'm like, man, this guy's is golden over here. He's just glistening. I'm, I'm entranced by this man's video. What's happening over here? So my wife sends it to me and and I'm like, clearly there's a big difference here, okay? He's, you know, in shape, tall, whatever. I'm short and not as much as in shape. And then uh, a, a couple of days later, she sends me a, another video of a guy. This guy's even more defined than the first guy. He's just like a, a god, a godlike figure, just super chiseled. And I'm I'm like, I, I think I see a pattern here. Um, she loves the fact that these men are, are dancing to this song without a shirt, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's gotta be it right because i'm clearly as handsome as these men right here obviously <laughs> and so she must be saying babe these guys don't have anything on you that's what i gathered from it so i recreated the videos that she had been sending me uh in my own style i found a pair of jeans um 
that uh, fit me two sizes ago that I was able to rub Crisco and coconut oil to get inside of. So it looked like they they, uh, spray painted the jeans on me. Um, And I had an old Eagle belt that was just super vintage uh, structure when they got before they got purchased by Express for Men early 2003. And I had it still. I don't know why. Don't ask me. I just I just kept it from memory. And I put it on with my Chelsea boots because I don't own a pair of cowboy boots. And I did the dance. And uh, and it was something that to me was, again, just funny and, and cool and and would be something to laugh at. I didn't expect it to go viral and and, and hit almost 400,000 views. It's still going. It's still going. I'm, I'm getting blown up right now. It's still with comments. Some of them are not as nice. Um, oh, that's the that's when you know you've made it. Like, I'm just waiting on Ellen to call you Ellen. <laughs> You gotta have Ivan. I'm gonna show up with no shirt, with no shirt on, <laughs> with the same spray painted jeans, okay, and boots, and my hair undone, and just and doing the dance, yeah. So, um, but no, and my wife loves it, and, and everybody finds it funny, and uh, some people not as much, and um, it, it ruins their lunch for them. But uh, <laughs> again, that's just part of the moments that I genuinely love doing and having fun doing um getting the opportunity to just put myself out there you know what i mean and um i I look at is there negative exposure absolutely of course you don't want to be associated with with that but at the same time i feel like a lot of times um people when they're first getting into you know quote unquote branding themselves there's such a high concentration on the content that they want to put out and and so days will pass weeks will pass months will pass even years they don't even put any content out or if they do it's very seldom and uh, you know something that i don't know if you follow gary v mm-hmm. uh, gary v is a huge huge believer on just put it out there absolutely if it, if it sells it sells if it doesn't it doesn't you, you try again um and and you know how many people said i was an idiot for doing a podcast <laughs> I, like, you know what i mean we're just doing it baby do it do it right and, and i'm loving it by the way um and so that's why i i do what i do because i'm gonna put it out there and i'm gonna have fun with it and i'm gonna do it on my own terms now don't get me wrong there are some times when i'm about to make an actual post and i am for 20 minutes thinking of the perfect caption sure okay because that goes a long way but I promise you this you're still going to catch me posting and putting up stories and reels and videos and just genuinely having a good time and and doing my best to 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 just Mm. put a smile on other people's faces and have a good time with me what I hear is you take what you do seriously but you don't take yourself too seriously and that's a beautiful thing right so I think that's a great place to uh to conclude it I think that's that's awesome right so all right so check it out First of all, Ivan, uh, thanks so much for Thank for, being, for being a guest today um, on the Hit Streak Podcast. Again, on Instagram and Facebook, Ivan Itzkowitz, and uh, obviously on all the uh, the captions or or uh, his bio listed on all these things, you can figure out the spelling right there. Um, definitely check out Brooks and Dunn, <laughs> Ivan Itzkowitz, Brooks and Dunn on Instagram, and uh, and uh, let's keep those views going uh, to the chase to a million. Yeah. The I, chase to a million. I'd love it because then I'll, I'll go to the original guy that she had sent me the video. I'm like, ha, That's right. gotcha, pal. That's right. Gotcha. He's at 2 million views, though. So that's a, that's a <laughs> long way. <laughs> the guy's stunning. Well, anyway. Anyways, folks, um, thanks so much for hanging with us again today. Ivan, Thanks, thank you once again. I'm your man, Nick Hyder. Thanks for hanging out with us on the Hit Streak Podcast. God bless. Woo-woo.